Hey costume nerds, this is Spencer Williams, co-host and producer of the Art of Costume podcast. This episode was recorded prior to the WGA and SAG-AFTRA strikes and is being released on part of previous set agreements. The Art of Costume and the Art of Costume podcast team, including Elizabeth, Daniel, and myself, wholeheartedly stand in solidarity with the WGA and SAG-AFTRA as they fight for the future of fair labor practices in the entertainment industry and work to ensure a sustainable and flourishing entertainment landscape. It is crucial to acknowledge the indispensable contributions of the hardworking individuals both behind and in front of the camera, whose dedication and creativity are the driving force behind the film's and shows discussed on this podcast. Without them and their tireless efforts, none of these productions would be possible. That is why we support the WGA and SAG-AFTRA in their fight for a fair and equitable deal. For further information and resources regarding how you can better support and even volunteer, please check the show description for links. Also, please consider donating to the Entertainment Community Fund, an organization that directly benefits workers affected by the strikes, as well as provide a safety net for performing arts and entertainment professionals. Now, please enjoy the show. Like how you just kind of in your head, like, what did I sign up for? But it's it's Guillermo del Toro, so I guess you kind of know. But well, well, often you often you know on any project you like, wait, this was not in the brochure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know. It- Welcome to the Art of Costume Blogcast. I'm Spencer Williams. And I'm Elizabeth Joy Glass. Spencer, how are you? I am terrified. I haven't been <laughs> sleeping much due to some certain subject matter we're getting ready to get into. I know how you feel. I went to bed ter- I went to bed at like midnight because I needed like time to like decompress and listen to like <laughs> I listened to like one of my like history podcasts. So just so I could like relax and not not be too afraid to sleep. Some Taylor Swift music, perhaps. Yeah. Oh, I was I was at her last Philly concert. It was so good. <laughs> well, I just so everyone knows, we're getting ready to talk about Guillermo mm. del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. Yes, I thought I saw all the episodes, and I saved the last episode, I guess, to watch last night. Um, and it was a creepy haunted house story, which I did not enjoy. I mean, I did enjoy, <laughs> but not at two in the morning. I was spooked no. out when the little kid kept uh, crying into her bird machine. <laughs> I was like, this is not cool. <laughs> so like, I was glad because like it it wasn't like it wasn't the scariest of them, but like. No. I had watched like three in a row. So I'd watched that. I'd watched yeah. the the lotion one. <laughs> and I had watched um, the portrait. I watched the first one through the witch house in one night. I don't I know started- how you did that. Because <laughs> so I started watching this when it first came out back in like October, November. And like you, I started to binge it, watch the first three episodes. And then I was like, I can't do it. 
And then like, I was like, I'll just take a couple days. I'll watch some other stuff months later. I'm like, oh, let me finish that. <laughs> it's so spooky. I mean, it even starts with that first episode with the, I will never be someone who'll be popping into storage units and looking for fun stuff that like is officially no. off my list of possible careers. So no. with that, I think we should get right into it because we have a special guest that we are so excited to talk to. Elizabeth, why don't you hit us with a summary? All right, everybody. Here is the summary for Cabinet of Curiosities. Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities is a horror anthology series that takes you on eight horrific adventures designed to frighten and fascinate while examining modern culture and historic classics. Mm, spooky. <laughs> so spooky. And with that, that is your spoiler, wor spoiler warning, even though we have already spoiled about three episodes out of eight for you before yeah. spoiler warning. So, you yeah. know, but We're you know what really you signed up that. for. <laughs> 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 Look, we didn't sleep last night. We're scared. We need to talk about it. Uh, this series was created by Guillermo del Toro. And we have costume designer Louis Cicada, our buddy, our pal. Uh, you will know him for his work on The Thing in 2011, Mama, Carrie, The Strain, The Shape of Water, for which he was nominated for an Oscar, The Christmas Chronicles, It Chapter 2, and Nightmare Alley, for which he was also nominated for an Oscar about a few weeks after we did a great podcast episode yeah. with him. <laughs> Yeah, go back and listen to our interview uh, with him for Nightmare Alley. It is a good one. It's a lot of fun. I That was definitely one of my favorite interviews we've ever done. But with that, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be joined by costume designer Louis Cicada himself to talk about the Cabinet of Curiosities. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Elizabeth and I are so excited to welcome back to the podcast our friend, costume designer Louis Cicada. Hey, Louis. Hey, good morning. Hello. Hey, how are you guys? So glad to have you back. It's been a little while. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> well, last time we spoke, we were talking about your Oscar-nominated work on Nightmare Alley. What I remember between us talking, we were laughing about how crazy it was on that film that felt like two different films in one. So then I'm preparing for this interview, and I'm like, this is like eight different films. So, Lewis, talk to us a little bit about how you approached this challenge. How did you even prepare for this? I don't, it's crazy to me. Uh, yeah, it was eight different films. It was, uh, you know, eight distinct time periods, moods, uh, kind of textures, uh, storytelling. Uh, and so 
it was tricky. Um, <laughs> and luckily, luckily, we had a lot of the scripts early. So we we're able to do the research um, because, you know, the, the basis of everything is, is the research. And uh, I had a great crew and we just plowed kind of through it because we just had to. It was uh, uh, trial by fire. Right. No moments to yeah. hesitate, I guess. <laughs> yes. Decision after decision. <laughs> yeah. Especially it's it's so dark and it's like so many like twisted little fantasies and fairy tales with elements of realism that make them so much more terrifying, uh, especially with the HP Lovecraft base episodes. You seem to stand by historical accuracy, though. So how much did your research play a part in the series and how much of this project included custom builds? Well, most of the leading actors, almost exclusively the leading actors were built. And of course, we wanted to to bring the audience, the viewer to that that time and place. So we were quite attentive uh, to try and, and bring that to reality. Of course, there were several certain liberties taken and and. Uh, wanting to be a bit more um, pleasing to the current eye. Uh, but uh, we, we toiled. We toiled with it. <laughs> uh, well, in episode two, Graveyard Rats, we meet a grave robber who must survive a maze of tunnels defended by an army of rats. Sounds crazy to say. Um, I was obsessed with this episode, and we've talked before about the costume breakdown and seeing this man crawl through the tunnels covered in blood and rats and dirt. I mean, you could almost feel it. You could smell it. So seeing the rest of the series, I have a feeling costume breakdown was a huge part of your process. And I think we have a photo of, I'm pretty sure that's you covering this man in blood. It's true. We were down <laughs> down uh, with our COVID masks, setting, setting up the midsection. Uh, of the film or close to the end, I think that was. Um, yeah, I, you know, aging and dying and, and breakdown is huge on uh, any of my projects. Even if I do a contemporary show, uh, you know, the, the costumes do get aged to a certain extent. Um, but with these <laughs> stories, and especially this, the, the character actually wore the same costume for uh, many days. And that was the whole premise. He just kind of did not change. Um, so he started off already in a bit of a, hopsacky kind of feeling um but it all falls apart obviously when he goes down into the tunnels and, and we had to not only do the work but but kind of track it as we were shooting out of out of sequence so um uh we did a lot of preparatory work so that we had the multiples ready to go right it was such a process elizabeth i actually learned that there's someone inside that rat suit too i think the head's animatronic but there's a person in the suit it's true that's horrifying <laughs> that made it so much more scary <laughs> yeah, sorry if i had to know that you had to know that oh that's fair <laughs> well i think we should use the rest of our time to talk about some of our favorite stories and costumes uh, i would actually like to turn to elizabeth elizabeth what was your favorite episode uh, well, the viewing was one of my favorite ones because it brings together these characters with very distinctive looks. However, together their look is seamless. How did you approach these characters and blend them together, especially with their surroundings? It's so beautiful. Well, it was interesting because we were we were speaking, you know, this is almost exclusively a one set episode. There are a few segue uh, scenes, but we were working with this beautiful set by Tamara Deverell. 
And uh, so Tamara and I sat and, and spoke about the, the color tones and um, the director really wanted to have a monochromatic look to everybody in the film. And so uh, it really was trying to find differences within similarities. And that was the, the trick here. And each character obviously had their backstory and, and bringing those, those elements to uh, their costumes was key. Uh, so, you know, as always, and I think every, every costume designer will work this way, it's, it's bringing all those elements that you need to bring into storytelling, making all those decisions. And, and hopefully at the end, you, you actually have succeeded to uh, have a natural representation of, of each of these uh, wonderful characters. It's such a fun, spooky set, too. I love the colors and the lighting against the costumes. It just worked beautifully. Yeah. Um, you Thank know, you. Got some interior design inspiration just without the alien meteorites, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, I don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have to talk about Dreams in the Witch House. This story takes place in the 1930s and has a whole host of great costumes. But I want to talk about the witch. Some people would probably say the witch costume was just CGI, but I have a feeling that's not the case. Yeah, no, I, I think I, I told you this story uh, last night, but uh, we were in a meeting and we all thought it was CGI until at the meeting I was. we learned that, no, 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 no the witch will be... We were basically going to provide the, the bodice and the apron and everything else was going to be CG. And then we were told, no, 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 you're doing it all. And, <laughs> and so... Um, Luckily, I was wearing a mask because my, my mouth dropped to the ground. And, uh, um, and so, you know, we we had to devise a, a way to to create this uh, this costume that came from a wonderful sketch from Guy Davis, who is Guillermo's uh, main uh, sketch sketch uh, concept artist. So, um, you know, to, again, working with with concept art, making that come to reality is often a challenge. And so we made some modifications, but yeah, each branch is hand hand sculpted with wire and foam and wrapped in, in muslin and then Jeez. painted and then uh, grouped. And uh, we were, it was quite astounding, the, the workroom uh, for this. I had some wonderful uh, sculptors uh, working with us. It's beautiful. <laughs> is that the right yeah. word? It, like, It's actually tragically beautiful. I, and I love it so much. Very spooky. And I've actually got to see the top part, the mask. And that was super cool in person too. I believe that, uh, that it'll be on display, uh, this evening actually. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think what's wonderful about that costume is that it is strangely beautiful, but then the technicalities behind it are, are quite astounding. So for, for me, I always, you know, I'm a bit of a geek uh, that way. I, I love the, the storytelling, but I, the, the aspect of how are we going to make something work um, in a most efficient way. And, and that was a, that was a tricky, tricky thing to do. Right. So are you getting scripts and reading each one being like, OK, this one has a scary witch. This one has a tentacle monster. This one, like, are you just kind of in your head? Like, what did I sign up for? But it's it's Guillermo del Toro. So I guess you kind of know. But well, well, often you often, you know, on any project, you like, wait, this was not in the brochure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the challenges are, are such that I, I really I really enjoy uh, working through those challenges and, and bringing each of these stories to life, each of these costumes to life, making everyone, every little decision that that builds onto uh, a final costume. 
Probably for me, one of the scariest ones was Pikmin's model. I made the mistake of watching it before bed. But taking place in the early 1900s, it really like it's a beautiful period piece. And it spans like two very distinctive periods within this whole host of what looks like historical characters at the dinner table. What were your challenges for this episode? Well, you know, we had we had uh, this the painting as it was referred to uh, was the was the dinner and um, in that actual scene, which was very small. And once again, you know what the plight of a costume designer to to put uh, immense amount of work on a very short scene. Uh, but this was <laughs> this was a dinner scene that had uh, many uh, iconic uh, characters of uh, horror mythology, and so. Uh, we had to, for instance, bring Rasputin to life and and, and various other characters. And uh, most of that, again, was built for that very short sequence. But uh, that was that was fun to do. Absolutely. I love it. I totally miss that. Yeah. You missed Rasputin? <laughs> How can you miss Rasputin? Well, I mean, it was just horrifying. He walked into the room and I was like, oh, my God, what is this? I didn't realize he was in the room. <laughs> <laughs> and and love uh, Lovecraft is is dinner right? That's mm-hmm. that's who's lying on the on the table. Oh my gosh! Wow! You have to watch it again. I, yeah. I was so scared, Lewis. <laughs> Don't make me do it. No, I will. Daytime, daytime, daytime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also especially love the witch because, like, at the dinner table, she's like perfect, like put together. And then in the real world, it's I like couldn't figure out was that the same costume just like broken down or. No, we- of various versions of that and uh for the for the painting everything was hyper colored so we we um made the costume in a brighter color and then um much like classic um classic uh, italian paints paint paintings we highlighted the shoulders and, and gave everything uh, a real kind of um glowing quality so uh we did actually had two different costumes for that and even some of the the characters at the dinner table, we had highlighted shoulders and details so that they would glow. I love that. Well, my favorite episode actually doesn't have any witches, aliens, or demons, just a whole lot of lotion. I'm talking about the outside. This was such a fun episode. It was so campy, over the top. And I felt like we were kind of seeing a different side of Louis Cicada, actually, when it came to the costumes. It's so funny. We see talk about all this horrific stuff, and I was like, oh, this is fun you don't really see this side of lewis too often so could you walk us through the world's most fucked up makeover story yeah i mean this this was so much this was so much fun to do um anna lily lapore was was really uh championing this this kind of throwback to the 80s it is a modern story but it was a th- obviously a throwback to the 80s and she wanted lots of color she was like i do not want uh, a dull story here so um so yeah, we got to play and play we did. And we're building these crazy uh, dresses for those ladies, <laughs> and uh, we coined them the you know it was the aquarium. They were they were the fish in the aquarium, <laughs> and then of course the the main character and her transformation uh, was uh, so much fun, and the actors were just amazing uh, to work with. So um, again, this is a story set in modern day. Uh, almost exclusively built um, because where are you going to find a dress like that? Uh, right. you're just, uh, you're, you know, the, the one uh, turquoise uh, kind of dynasty-esque uh, yeah. <laughs> dress was just, uh, we, we built that and, and 
put, a, I don't know, four shoulder pads in there. It was, it was pretty fun. <laughs> That's crazy. Actually, my favorite is the main character is just like house nightgown that she's walking around that's just covered in lotion and blood and all the things. It's disgusting, and I just fell in love with it because she just kept wearing it, and I just couldn't stop laughing every time I saw her. Yeah, hang in there, baby. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've I've received so many inquiries about, oh, are you selling those? We really, I really like one for my wife, and it's very funny. You know, this side hustle I'm going to be making. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about (laughs) that person, but I get it. (laughs) She loved the episode, so that was what, uh, you know, he wanted to get her that for, for Christmas. Oh, that's so fun. Well, it's a very fun episode. Lewis, this is a fantastic show, and it was so exciting to see yet another example of the brilliant collaboration between you and Guillermo del Toro and all of the incredible directors throughout the series. Despite how great the series was, we know it was not without its challenges. Looking back, what does this project mean to you? I mean, I think for me, this what was great about this project was was really being able to to juggle. I mean, I mean, I come from working on TV series and so I know how to juggle, but this was next level. And, uh, <laughs> you know, because we're bringing, we're bringing that kind of quality of shape of water and nightmare alley to, to an episodic and, and, uh, and at times I had to say, mm, it's, I think it's okay because, uh, you know, one could drive, uh, both myself and my crew to the loony bin, but, um, it really was trying to, trying to bring that quality um, those textures, that that storytelling, to um, to what is essentially, as we said at the beginning, eight separate movies on on an episodic uh, schedule. So, I mean, for me, that was the the challenge. Costume designer Louis Cicada, thank you so much for joining us again. It's thank always you. a pleasure having you in the studio. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Have a great day. The Art of Costume Blogcast is hosted and produced by Elizabeth Joy Glass and Spencer Williams. Our audio engineering and editing is done by Dan White. Follow us on Instagram at The Art of Costume Pod or visit theartofcostumeblogcast.com for all blogcast updates. If you want to support the show, go to theartofcostume.com slash podstore. For more costume reviews, deep dives, and interviews, head over to theartofcostume.com, a blog dedicated to highlighting the best in costume design. 